Section 5 of Dear Mabel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dear Mabel by Edward Streeter. Section 5. Pom di mon oi. You say that like oi oi in Yiddish. It means apple of my eye. I never saw an apple in nobody's eye, Mabel, but I guess that's some French custom. Great news, Mabel. A fellow what's got a friend in the audience department in Washington just told me the war's going to end about the 15th of February. Don't say nothing to nobody about it. It might look as if I was getting mixed up in politics. I put in for a furlough on the 5th, though. Then I won't have to come back, eh, Mabel? I'll bet you're glad. It's great to think of getting to a place where you can't see through the walls and there ain't three inches of mud on the floor. And think of not having to tie the doors together when you come in or crawl underneath them on your hands and knees and not having to put everything you own in the world under the bed. But I guess you don't care as much about these things as I will. This would be a good training camp for Arctic explorers. I bet the fellow that picks out the camps either owns a cold storage plant in civil life or else they do it by mail order. It got so cold the other night the silver in the thermometer disappeared. It ain't been seen since. We got a comical guy in the tent, Bill Huggins. Me and him's a pair. Keep everybody laughing all the time. Bill likes things hot about as well as me. Every night he fills a Sibley stove so full of wood that he has to hammer the last piece in. It gets so hot that it jumps up and down like a mad monkey. That's the way Sibleys do when they get awful hot. We're not bothered by that much, though. We got another guy that's a fresh air fiend. His name is Angus McKenzie. He's Scotch. He's so close himself that he has to have lots of air or he'd smother. Every night he pulls up the side of the tent by his bed. No one likes fresh air in its place better than me, Mabel. But when it's as fresh as this air is, its place is outside. I wake up in the night rolled into a ball like a porcupine. There's things in the middle of my back like his stickers. If I don't move, I get cramps. If I do, I freeze. All around the place where I'm laying is as warm as a park bench in winter. Sometimes I forget and push my feet down. That's awful. One night I thought I heard the horn and stuck my head out of the blankets. It was Angus with his head and one arm outside snoring. Can you beat that? I bet he swims in the ice all winter, home, and has his picture in the Sunday paper. I froze my ear before I could get my head back. That's the kind of fellow he is. It's awful cold in the morning. They blow three calls. The first is just for the slow guys. I can make it nice from the march if I don't take too many clothes off. That's no temptation. One guy jumps up just before assembly and makes a lot of fuss like he's getting dressed. He don't fool nobody. The only thing he takes off at night is his hat. Some say that falls off when he gets into bed. Angus gets up every morning and his BVDs. I think his skin is fur-lined. You can hear him smashing the ice in the pail with a hairbrush outside. Then you can tell his washing by the noise he makes like a busted steam pipe. Then he comes smashing into the tent, leaving the door open and wipes the ice off in his face with somebody else's towel and says, Gosh, that's great. I hate that kind of fellow. Bill Huggins cleaned the stove with his towel last week so as everything would be neat for inspection. Angus got a hold of it in the dark next morning. Gee, you'd have to laugh, Mabel. I got the little tin mirror you sent, Mabel. It's unbreakable, all right. Bill Huggins got so mad at it he tried to break it and couldn't. The first time I looked in, I got an awful start. I thought I was starving. I looked like one of them pictures of hungry Indians that the missionaries show you just before they pass the plate. 
Bill Huggins swiped it later and says why didn't somebody tell him he was getting so fat because he couldn't go home on a furlough like that. He didn't eat nothing for three meals and he looked at himself with the mirror turned the other way. It's like one of those Coney Island places where a fellow can go in and laugh at himself for a dime. Next time send me one that will break. I got to quit now and buy a couple of pies before I go to bed. I don't sleep good unless I have a little something in my stomach. Don't say nothing about what I told you in the beginning. Until the 15th of February, then. Yours faithfully, Bill. Dear Mabel, The captain ain't gonna give me my furlough. Says there's an order out against it. Someone's got it in for me, Mabel. I bought a woolly coat awful cheap from Bill Huggins. Right away there's an order against him. Angus Mackenzie sold me a pair of leather leggings for less than he paid for them. Some bargain from Angus. The next day they issue an order that you can't wear em. Now they hear I want to go home and put out an order out against it. If they'd only come right out and say, Bill Smith, we're going to get you. Sneaky. That's what I call it, Mabel. I've half a mind to transfer back to the artillery. If I transfer much, they'll be charging me extra fare, eh, Mabel? Only for me and the captain not being able to agree, I'd never have left. I understand he's been awful sorry since. All you have to do with artillery is to put a bullet in the gun. It does the rest. In the infantry, you got to go up and do all the dirty work yourself. Besides, I'm getting leery of these infantry fellows. They're always talking about what we're going to do to the Germans, blowing them to pieces and slicing them up and throwing them all around the lot. I got thinking, what if the Germans was learning their men to do the same thing? They never seem to figure on these things. And the bayonets, Mabel. They ain't safe. When you get a lot of fellows in a trench with their bayonets sticking every which way, someone's going to get hurt, sure. I got those cigars your father sent me. Thank him and tell him if he ever gets taken like that again not to send such a large box. But, well, you explain it to him, Mabel. You can do that sort of thing much better than I can. Outspoken. That's me all over, Mabel. Why is it that no matter how fussy a fellow was when he wore a vest, as soon as he begins to call a coat a blouse, no one thinks he knows what's what? If you got any old magazines what was old before the war started, send them to the soldiers. They won't know the difference. Some woman sent our regiment the Baptist Review for three years back. That ain't right, Mabel. They'd give you candy that comes by the bale. Then they come round and watch you eat it. I bet if you walked into their place and watched them eat, they'd raise an awful holler. They make speeches to you that you'd get your money back without asking up north. They give you free movies that's so old they look as if they was taken in the rain. It seems like feeding the hippo at the zoo, Mabel. It don't matter so much as long as there's lots of it. I'm going into town tonight with a bunch to eat a swell dinner on a china plate. All but Angus Mackenzie. He eats all his dinners on me. I'm awful sick of eating out of a tin frying pan. When you put the food in it, it folds up like a jackknife going the wrong way. It takes months to make a good mess kid eater. We get our mess from some fellows what stands behind a counter. One of them divides the coffee. He does it by putting half in your cup and half on your thumb. The other fellow has big spoons. I guess they are old lacrosse players. A big wad of food hits your plate splash and knocks it squeegee. The other fellow hits the plate and knocks it the other way. When you get it all, it's running out of one dish up your sleeve and out of the other back into the food pans. Army food always runs. Cooks love loose scrub. They're awful stupid. If there's anything solid, you get it in the pan with the rim on it. Then they pour the soup on your cover. When you sit down, half of what you got left spills out on the table. 
It isn't so bad now because everything freezes about as soon as it hits. You ought to see us eat breakfast, Mabel. We got so many overcoats and things on that a fellow don't get no elbow action. Some fellows eats with their wool gloves. That ain't a good scheme, though. It makes things taste like eatin' peaches with their skins on. The fellow that invented our eating tables must have been a supply sergeant once. All the seats is nailed to the table. When you get a spoonful of loose food up, some fellow puts his foot in your lap and leaves a couple pounds of mud there. I just brush it off, though, on the next fellow. Never complain. That's me all over. Well, maybe I've got to shine my shoes now and go eat off in china plates with a nigger waiter. I don't eat with a nigger waiter, Mabel. It's awful hard to explain things to you sometimes. So now I will close. Hoping you are the same. Bill. Dear Mabel, I've been thinking of you a lot during the last week, Mabel, having nothing else to do. I've been in a hospital with bronchitis. I guess I caught it from Joe Loomis. He comes from there. I'd have wrote you in bed, but I dropped my fountain pen on the floor and bent it. I'm all right now. I got some good news for you, Mabel. The cook says we only drew ten days' supply of food last time. He says he guesses when we ate that up, we'll go to France. He's an awful smart fellow, the cook. He's got a bet on that if the alleys don't buck up and win, the Germans is coming out ahead. Max Glucose, a fellow in the tent, is referee. We're eating as fast as we can. Perhaps we can eat it all in less than ten days. So maybe we'll be gone, Mabel, before I write you from here again. There's a French sergeant comes round once in a while and says the war's going to be over quick. He ought to know, because he's been over there and seen the whole thing. He smokes cigarettes something awful and don't say much. It's because the poor cuss can't talk much English. It must be awful not to talk English. Think of not being able to say nothing all your life without waving your arms around and then looking it up in a dictionary. I feel so sorry for those fellows that I'm studying French a lot harder so as they'll have something to talk to when we get over there. I'm reading a book now that's wrote all in French. No English in it anywhere, Mabel. A fellow told me that was the only way to talk it good. I don't understand it very well so far. The only way I know it's French is by the pictures. Some day I'm going to find out what the name is. Then I'm going to get the English of it. Those are some pictures. Ain't I fierce, Mabel? I guess that's why I get on with women so well. I gave up reading it out loud because the fellow said it made them think they was in Paris so as much they got restless. I can't speak no better yet. I guess that comes all at once at the end of the book. As soon as we got the hot showers all fixed up, the pipes busted. So the other day the captain walked us all into town to take a bath. I didn't need one much. I used my head more than most of them. Last fall when it was warm I took as many as two a week and got away ahead of the game. I went along though. More for the walk than anything. I saw the captain didn't make no mood to take a bath himself. I thought he might be shy. He don't mix very well with the fellows. I felt sorry for him. Everyone else was laughing and throwing things with him standing off and none throwing a thing at him. I went up and says, Ain't you going to take a bath this winter too, Captain? Just jolly, Mabel. That all. I says, You don't want to mind the butch. They don't care a bit. They're as dirty as you are anyway. Probably more. And I bet they were, Mabel, because I ain't seen the captain do a stroke of work since we came here. Just stands round giving orders. I says, If none won't lend you a towel, you can use mine. I was going to have it washed anyway. He got awful red and embarrassed, Mabel. I thought he was going to choke. He's awful queer. Just like the other morning, he calls me over and says, Smith, my orderly's sick. You can shine my boots this morning. He said it like I'd been begging him to for a month. And then he says, Smith, you can light the fire in my stove. 
He had me thinkin he was doin me favors. He said I might put some oil on his boots if I wished. I says that would be a great treat and I wish he wouldn't be so kind or the fellows would think he's playin favorites. I guess he didn't hear me Mabel cause he'd just gone out. I said it anyway. I didn't care if he was there. Spunky that's me all over. I couldn't find no oil for his boots anywhere Mabel so I poured some out of his lamp. And then I don't think that suited him. Queer fellow the captain. I keep hearin more about this fellow Broggins. I suppose he belongs to the home guards and wears his uniforms round in the evening. I suppose he has an American flag on his writing paper. It don't mean nothing in my life. I ain't gonna put up no arguments or get nasty like most fellows would. Dignity. That's me all over, Mabel. Let me tell you, though, if I ever come home and find him shining his elbows on the top of your baby grand, I'll kick him down the front steps if I only have one leg to do it with. I'm writing this in the YMCA in the afternoon because I'm going on guard tonight. I don't see why they don't make it a permanent detail and be done with it. Someone said the top sergeant's a man of one idea. I guess I'm the idea. I didn't go out to drill this afternoon. I didn't say nothing to the sergeant, though, because sergeants have an idea that if they don't get a lot of fellows to go out to drill with them, they don't look popular. I got to go new so as to get in my tent before they come from drill. As ever on guard, Bill. End of section 5